Welcome back to A Word Before We Leave. My name is Brett Gaffney. This is the final episode of season one, and I just honestly want to say thank you at the start. You'll get your thanks at the end, but if for some reason you don't make it to the end of the episode, you will make it to the start. So thank you for supporting this podcast, and without further ado, this episode is, if I'll be honest, a little bonkers at parts. The interview is fantastic, almost cathartically relaxing through most of it, and I think there is a little bit of something for everybody in here, but I will start with a warning. There is foul language in this podcast, and there is topics that we don't normally talk about that can be somewhat demonized in popular culture. Griffin Katz is who I'm interviewing today, and Griffin is... He is fascinating, but also vulgar, and that does come through. I'm just warning you now. Come into it with open ears, but just know that this is not a family-friendly episode and nothing has been bleeped. From topics of painting, mental health, going to the psych ward and back, family, being an artist, living in the dirt, or thrashing around in your bed, this is the final episode of season one. Let's let Griffin Katz take it away. And uh, again, thank you for joining me. And I am so excited for season two of A Word Before We Leave. Are you enjoying a word before we leave? Well, now you too can support the podcast. Spotify listeners, there is a link in the description. We've been over this. If you guys like the podcast, you can now send us a little bit of money so we can get better microphones, better equipment, and overall better interviews. Thank you for supporting the show. And now, the episode. It is a rainy day here in Los Angeles, California. Today, I am with Griffin Katz. Griffin Katz and I are actually co-workers at a hotel, but this episode has nothing to do with our workplace, our side hustle, the, the moneymaker that pays rent. Uh, this is actually about uh, living life experiences and art. Uh, and today, I am with Griffin. Griffin, would you like to say anything to the people? On Why, home? hello there, everybody listening, everybody out there. Hope that you're having a wonderful, I mean, if you're listening, still in February, rainy day. But otherwise, fantastic well, day. Well, it's March, is. so. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Wow. It shows you I've been working too much. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand. Yeah. The hours are long and understaffed. Long, and it seems like the same day over and over and over again. Yeah, sometimes life repeats itself, and yeah. sometimes that happens every week. Yeah. So, yeah. welcome to A Word Before We Leave. I'm your host, Brett Gaffney. Thank you for joining us today. So, we're going to dive right into the show, starting off with the first segment, which is going to be Word of the Day. Word of the Day is brought to you by Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Still not sponsored, but we'll get there. <laughs> we will get there. So, today's Word of the Day is Gallivant. Gallivant, G-A-L-L-I-V-A-N-T. Gallivant means to go or travel to many different places for pleasure. Uh, and they provide their own sentence, which is, she spent her gap year gallivanting around Europe with her best friend. And now it's our turn to come up with an example sentence for the people so that we can expand their vocabulary and help them have a richer, more robust dictionary within themselves. Gallivant. Oh, yeah, Gallivant. Okay, well, the first thing that came to mind, which I kept giggling to myself about like an idiot, is a priest love to gallivant in catholic schoolboy rooms oh yeah it seems right on the money you know you're just 
you're just warming us up. I'm for just, the I'm just rest getting of this lubed interview. up right now. Oh god, yeah, that's why I'm just like I'm let I'm listening. I'm here. I'm just gonna give you everything I can. I'm just gonna give a warning for the faint of heart for this episode. <laughs> for this all the viewers, might out not there. be the one for you, but uh, for those that are for sure ready to embrace the the weirdness of life. Uh, this is strange. Everybody's a little strange. Yeah. Uh, and my word is, I couldn't tell the difference between frolicking and gallivanting until I met sweet lady love. Oh. And then he discovered it was only a skip. It was. Truly. A- not even a gallop. Not even a gallop. <laughs> Just a quick skip of the heart. That's all. Are you ready That's to dive you. into the questions, Griffin? Hell yeah, I am. All right. So, Griffin, welcome to A Word Before We Leave. We're very happy to have you. I'm very welcome to be here. Griffin, would you like to tell the people of the world, uh, what exactly is it that gets you out of bed every single day? Oh, damn, it depends on the day. Sometimes it's just the aspect of wanting to get out of bed. But I would say most of the time, it's, um, I mean, fighting the feeling of staying in bed all day. Or I, I, I think it's at the end of the day, it's, you know... I don't want to go mad once again, or at least I want to have fun. And that's where you get out of bed to create something, to do something, anything at all, or you just sleep or like a lot of great artists, you stay in bed and uh, you make a lot of artwork. I mean, but it was like Matisse, Frida Kahlo, Jean-Michel Basquiat, Tracy Emin. The point is what gets me out of bed? I would say not wanting to feel like my bed is a coffin. That's what gets me out of bed. So you've touched a little bit on artists and specifically you, you being an artist. Oh, well, yeah. Do you want to talk about anything about your passions, about why you do art? What is, what is the kind of art that you do for someone that's never seen what you work on? And then do you want to elaborate on like what inspires that art? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, that's all I ever really want to talk about. No, that's not true. But I would say uh, I had one friend describe my art as a propaganda and I did not, I, I mean, in some way I could understand where he was coming from, depending on like how you pitch it or how you swing it. But um, I would say, yeah, how would I describe my artwork? Um, it's abstract for sure. Is it painting? Is it watercolor? Is it's, it- uh, yeah, okay, we're talking about materials. I'm a mixed media artist, so everything just kind of floods to mind when I think about art. I'm just like covering it in special, like a visual medium. So, yeah, uh, I do painting, I do sculpture, I do drawing. I was obsessed with Legos when I was a kid, and that's almost what started it all off. But I would say it's a mixed media abstraction pop culture contemporary experimental avant-garde blah 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 see it to believe it isn't it funny that we're in an audio medium talking about paintings <laughs> see there's something special about where we are actually recording the interview so uh i'll give the listener a little rundown oh, of the yes, environment please. because I, I usually do so right now we are in griffin's outdoor indoor type garage-esque studio for art uh we're outside of his apartment we are i would say a little bit south of hollywood right now yes um and what i can see around me is i am sitting in a antique antique wooden chair griffin's sitting in a older leather-bound cushioned wood chair uh my laptop recording the audio is sitting on a what would look like any normal artist yellow chair? This is something. It's that's one like, of like a four set of a kitchen 
dining sets from like yeah, the 1950s. Yeah. And then to the left of me, I have about, what would you describe the size of these paintings? Oh, man. They range from the tallest probably being like, what? You'd probably say like 12, 13 feet? I would say that's a 12-foot painting. Yeah, right? Um, and I would say, yeah, I mean, the size is probably at the largest. We're going 12 by 30 feet with the stretch canvas. Could be larger, a lot of different dimensions. The smallest ones I have are probably the size of your palm, and the largest ones are the size of like six or seven grown men. Yeah, I'd say that is quite accurate, actually. So I got large paintings to the left of me. To the right of me, I got a barn door and open, barn door open, and it's raining right now. It's actually raining. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys can hear it a little bit. Yeah, it's raining quite enjoyably, might I add. Not do we want to? Do we want to give the people a little second just to kind of hear the environment outside? Oh, just to take it in. Yes, yeah. yes, please. And that's enough of that. <laughs> so, Griffin, at what age did you start painting, and why? Ooh, okay. So, art in general, I've been doing since I was a kid. I guess I, like there was probably some finger painting classes or something when I was. Like preschool or elementary, or just like growing up, you know, playing with different things. But uh, really seriously painting, uh, probably started when I was like sixteen. Before that, it was a lot of drawing. The first painting that I ever made, um, where I really put my heart and soul into it, was this meme that a lot of people may be familiar if they grew up in the early two thousands. It is the dick butt meme. Do you know what I'm talking about, Brett? I don't. You don't know what I'm talking about? I don't. It's a guy who is a dick, but he is a butt. And then he has a dick butt coming out of his butt. And I believe it just says dick butt underneath it. I could be wrong. Okay, I might know it's what this like, is. Do you know what I'm I, talking I about? Like I can imagine it right yeah, now. It's yeah. like a very like absurd. It's very absurd. Kind of like very simple. Yeah, it's like, almost, it's like peak black and core white early sketch. Yeah. I think I painted the background like blue or something. Yeah, but the original is just black and white. It's like the me gusta face from whatever in that nature but sure. the point is that's what started all off and then from there when i was like 16 i moved out of my parents place into my friend's trailer and like what year is this oh, this is uh i mean i was 16 or 17 so probably 2018 2017 and uh i mean yeah i was 16 or 17 when i moved out but before that i'd already gotten pretty serious about painting i would probably say like 15 i can remember very specifically i had an ego death for the first time on viewer discretion advised lsd and uh i just remember coming back into myself just being like you are an artist this is what you're doing like just trust me i made <laughs> an audio recording to listen in the morning but um Anyways, all that aside, got very serious from there, moved my friend's trailer, and from there on out, it's just been going hard in the paint, quite literally. Uh, how am I passionate about it? What makes me passionate about it? I mean, it's freedom of expression. It's uh, something as much as like collaboration, I think, is very important. I love the fact that I can do this without anybody else for the most part, and I can really do anything and everything. And more than that, you know, it's fascinating when you have artists come into the world that make images that have never been seen before ever or, or imagined or aren't really like stacked up to the world around that. I mean like, or 
what uh, you could say like as a warhol way like a happening in a way like the pop culture movement or like cubism or abstraction or impressionism or it, the list goes on so did you have you done any schooling on art or technique or have you kind of self-taught yourself found what works for you what makes you kind of continue to grow as an artist but also yeah the, the main question is like what do you consider your form of training? What do you consider your form of practice? What, where does your improvement come from? I think uh, the main thing that comes from like improvement is just consistently, you know, doing it like as simple as that in terms of like actual schooling. Um, I had like a few different art teachers all throughout, uh, school and like middle school I had one and she hated me but that's a whole other thing um miss something I will not say her name but uh the shout out on that episode is just not gonna happen it's not gonna happen today no 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 miss whatever I love you and I guess you taught me some valuable lessons but also come on man I was a good artist you're taking it so hard on me that's besides the point anyways um yeah I mean yeah I haven't really had that much technical schooling from like a teacher but it's a lot of it has been online through books, copying illustrations. I mean, uh, George B. Kondo, I believe is his name. No, George B. Bridgman is a really great uh, illustrator to kind of learn the forms and the figures from, you know, Leonardo da Vinci. Um, really, I mean, if you want to learn and become technically proficient and well-crafted at something, like, you can nowadays. You know, I mean, what, it's like Apple and google they don't even require a college certificate it's more of just like what direction do you go in and yeah i think there's actually something to say about uh modern education with the access to the internet and what's come from it because i mean i would consider the podcast itself can be somewhat educational towards uh a daily philosophy point of view um but also we're you know you sometimes don't have the choice at what you're accessing on the internet. And so you going out there and specifically looking for different artists, different books, well, that's the thing. You have to have intention of like, you have to actually have a thought in your mind. You can't just be scrolling through a mindless algorithm because at a certain point just starts refreshing the same stuff because you're not actually trying to find it. Or it's just shoving advertisements down. True. Exactly. And it's also, it's like timing the length that you stop on a post and everything like that algorithm is a fascinating thing on its own. But the main thing is, is that, yeah, like if the, the key, the secret to everything, I guess, something that, like, you know, me at, like, 13 was so obsessed with is, like, shortcuts or whatever. But truly, it's like, no, you just have to be super fucking mindful and aware and learn as much as you can. And, yeah, it's just work out, sleep, eat well, and uh, keep studying, I guess, and act. But I don't know. Like, I say this, living a very... wild life and getting results i want i don't know do you want to talk about said wild life yeah i i suppose like yeah i shouldn't really say i don't know it's just that like oh said wild life would be the fact of like uh you know my parents were both jehovah's witnesses and then i grew up with like my mom as an only I grew up as an only child with a single mom who was also an aspiring actress. 
actress and is an actress and uh, a writer and director and all sorts of shit. But I don't know. Like I've moved just about every single year of my life and I'm 21 in times when I didn't move. I moved twice. Uh, what else in there? I mean, I moved out when I was 16 and stayed in a trailer for a while. I was bopping around a couple of friends' places from there. When I was like, uh, when I was like two or three, for whatever reason, I was born with a wedgie fetish. Could you believe that? What do you mean a wedgie fetish? Like you're like, you want to give people wedgies? Oh, it, you I give mean, yourself a wedgie? Let, let me just say yes to any and all speculations that you could have about that statement. And like, uh. And that was something that's like, uh, yeah, that'll make you a little odd, little wild thing. If you're so tiny and small and you're like in elementary school and you realize, what am I compared to all these little children around me? But you have this this deep festering sexuality where you can't even come like children's in their sexualities. So strange. So weird. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's grody. It's icky. But everybody experienced it. Wow. I'm just saying. Do you think uh, I'm speechless right now? <laughs> I think you like that. I didn't think. Um, <laughs> do you think growing up with, like you said, your mom was an actress? Yes. Do you think growing up with uh, an artistic medium of a parent affected you uh, to lean more towards something of the arts? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, my dad was in the picture, but I knew that he was a visual artist. And from what I've seen in photos and talking to family members, like he was a good visual artist. And that kind of stuck with me. And I've never been super obsessed with like acting and everything. But there's always been something that's kind of clicked with visual art for me. Even just thinking about, yeah, what I mentioned earlier about playing with Legos as a kid, just building things. I think creating things hands on for me as making something that physically takes up space and lasts is such a magnificent thing. And uh, not just that, but I mean, you can create physical things in your environment around you. If you get really, really proficient and technically master in terms of, I mean, okay, you could say like ecology, you could say, um, I, is botany part of ecology? I would say so, but you could say uh, mechanics and then you could say like welding in there or all the trades or whatever. Then you could become hypothetically a person that could literally make anything. And what is a sexier thought than that? Do you find um, that your future aspirations and goals lean more towards uh, limitless creation? Yeah, no, that's actually spot on, nail on the head. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. That's a. Uh, so a what? Goal. What's one project that you feel like you had a taste of that? That you've done in the past. You're saying endless creativity? What's like Maybe not endless creativity, but what made you realize? No, no, no. no. I don't mean my tone to say like uh, that's ridiculous or anything. I just mean like that exact feeling. Yeah, to boil that down. I think uh, it's anybody that's ever been in a flow state creating anything or, you know, working out or really doing any like physical action. You've. Where you feel lose like yourself. it's endless when you lose yourself as a uh, Eminem would say, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I would say a year or two ago before I had, I went like completely psychotic and all this stuff. I sent myself to the psych ward twice. Um, and see, that's the funny thing about when you say that you're wild, like you really have to mean it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, there is, there is some form of 
the language that we use uh, to talk about ourselves, we will end up believing um, even subconsciously. So like think about when Wait, someone no, no, looks no, no. in the mirror and they're like, there's a quote like that where it's like, be careful what you pretend to be because you'll inevitably become it. I'm forgetting exactly what it's from though. I'm not sure who said that, but that's exactly what I was getting at. Yeah. I mean, like you could be with a group of friends and you could say something and people would look at you and be like, ha ha, that wasn't that funny. And you'd be like, Oh, I'm so stupid. Mm, no, no, I, that I, subconsciously I totally can resonate in your head where and you're then going you start with to believe this. You may not feel like you actually are stupid, but just even joking about uh, who you are as a person, especially in a negative connotation, can affect you because you will start to believe those things and it will become a pattern of repetition. Well, I I think that there's something to recognizing. And I think that you're right about being very careful about language and everything in terms of like, you know, the, if if you're saying a bunch of sad shit, horrible shit, especially about yourself, movie, yeah. exactly. Yeah your brain is going to take that as being true. But I think that there's also something about recognizing yourself against like the background of society and what people call certain things. And it's almost like, um, just being able to speak the language, Yeah, you know, in a way, because I, I feel like in some circumstances, uh, people think that I'm talking in like riddles or something. <laughs> well, you can talk directly to the listener right now because I'm guessing there's going to be some people that are going to be like, who the hell is this guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I would love to. Um, What can I say to you, you saucy little dalliance, Um, you little fine, fiery minx? Well, I would say I'm in your ears right now if you're wearing earbuds or I'm in your car or you're listening to this in the bathroom or at work or in your home. Maybe I was wrong about all this. In a garage, somewhere, on a plane, I just want to make it feel like it's very meta, like I am here with you. That it's not just an experience of like listening to a podcast, but it's experience of not being a fly on the wall, but like I am somehow sitting next to you, and Brett is sitting next to you, but behind me in my head, anyway, I don't know, I could go on forever. The main thing to say is, you know, have fun. Remember to masturbate. Religion can be like a good, helpful thing, but don't get too hung up on what you think God wants or doesn't want. At the end of the day, if like, come on, you're going to get judged when you die, and then it's just a big old like, nah, you're bad, and that's it forever. Come on, have a little bit of fun. But, you know, to put a nice little pretty pink ribbon on it, I would say uh, I really appreciate Brett inviting me to this podcast and uh, keep on listening, you know? Keep and that's a uh, perfect segue to the next segment of the show. This is going to be wordplay. <laughs> Welcome back to A Word Before We Leave. My name is Brett Gaffney. Uh, this is the segment that started us off from the start. This is the final episode of season one, if you didn't know. We will be transitioning into season two, and we will dive into a bunch more conversations with people. But for now, wordplay. So, premise of this game, I'm going to count down from three. We're going to talk over each other. Once I hit one, we're going to say the first word that comes to our mind. Nothing in the room, nothing that we've previously said. Try not to repeat yourself, you know. Um, And then from there on, we will hopefully say the same word once we've said that the interview will continue oh yeah this is actually a favorite game of mine let's so (laughs) i need to think of a word for a second uh i got a word okay do you have a word okay uh yeah okay three two one meringue what did you say i said meringue meringue and i said said ergot ergot yeah what's wrong with me why (laughs) i don't even (laughs) 
don't even know what an ergot is. <laughs> ergot? Oh, it's like a, it, 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 it was the first word that came to my mind. Anyways, it, we're gonna keep moving. From we're gonna that. keep on moving. We're gonna use those two words and yeah. then work our way down. Let's keep going. We can't talk about it. That's the part of the game. Yeah, yeah, that's part so of the game. So we got meringue okay. and going. ergot. Ergot. Uh, three, two, one. Absurdity. Absurdity and blurb. Okay. Okay. Blurb. Absurdity. Okay. Three, two, two one. one. Zine. Vogue and zine. Okay. Three, three two, two, one. one. Magazine. Text and magazine. Okay. Three, two, one. Periodical. Oh, Damn it. Periodical. Okay. Um. Three, two. Wait, no, I don't have it. I don't have one. Book and periodical. Oh, I got it. Three, two, one. Dictionary. Sentence and dictionary. Three, two, one. Word. Yes. Boom. Fires the dynamite. Sorry if I broke your ears on that one. What a quick little. I am not. That was so enjoyable. What a quick little wordplay. Are you ready to move into the next question? Why? Yes, I am. Yeah. I feel nice and hot again. Griffin cats. Why yes? Where do you see yourself in ten years? You know, it's really funny. As I took um, very meticulous, copious notes of your last podcast before I would do this one to understand what I was in for, I came across this question. And would you believe it? About a month before my last journal entry is that exact answer to that question. So I give you two choices. You can read the journal entry or I can give you an answer. I want to hear it from you. It's beautiful. I would say 10 years from now. Hmm. Some of your viewers are going to be pissed, man. Like some of your listeners, they're going to be very upset. They're, they're, they're going to want the taste for that. We're never going to give it to them. You know why? Because it's Tarantino's fucking suitcase, man. That's a beautiful thing you just made. But the point is, where do I see myself 10 years from now? <sighs> I'm dead. <laughs> really? So, so I mean, dark. Be honest about that. So dark. Do you actually? Um, ten years from now? No. I mean, you hope some not. horrible circumstances, maybe, but who knows? Uh, ten years from now, if I can choose whatever I want, I can do whatever I want, become whatever I want. If I really stick to my stick to my guns, if I'm super disciplined, um, from I like know a realistic three other languages. Yeah, ten years. Yeah. Um, three other languages. I'm. Working as a well-paid, well-known artist, which really the well-known and the fame, it just has some other perks that, that are kind of necessary to do other things, which I would like to do. Which is besides the point. You know, I'd love to have a horse. That would be great. But that's that's all like side, like fluff. Ten years from now, who would I really want to be? What do I want to do? You know, I would hope that I'm I'm actually in charge of myself fully, mentally and emotionally and physically. And somebody who can every single thing they say, it like they will do. There is no fucking around with anything. They are not just a go-to man. They are the unbelievable fucking throwing in your your hat in the ring into a ring of fire. I don't know. I would say like there's so much that I want and. Ten years from now, I just want to have it all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, travel a lot, of course. Travel more. Travel for the first time. I've never been out of the country. Really? Yeah, never once. I mean, around America and everything. But besides that, I want. Um, 
I would say I would want a good broad scientific knowledge because uh, I would like to start working on like interplanetary travel as like a hobby though. That's not like my main thing. I want to get paid for it. That's my own side project. Okay. Do you think science will be advanced enough for you to do that? Science would be advanced enough in ten you? years to do interplanetary travel. Um, there's only one way to find out, and that's to oh, what is it, Brett? To do it. Fuck around <laughs> and find out. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> Might as well. But um, yeah. I mean, who knows? Uh, the greatest uh, minds and inventions, in some ways, is, like history and society, could say came from like total freaks. Where uh, they were called like quacks for a long time, but then uh, wouldn't you know it, a light bulb gets made, and that's unbelievable. So he went uh, through like, like six hundred to seven hundred iterations of the light yeah. bulb before he actually got one. I think work. before that, when he and was it was like, the filament, it was the filament that was it was the, the filament, yeah. yeah. And then it was like what? It, it was either too now? hot or it was blowing up or yeah. it was creating fire. No, but what's in there now? Is it like iron, copper, was it zinc? <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> Me neither. Fuck. I feel like we should know that we use light bulbs every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's strange. It's, it, it is strange how uh, technology can ingrain itself so casually into society to the point where we don't actually know what we're using. We know it works, but we don't know how it works. And there's ways to know how it works, but the casual human has just implemented that into their daily life. I mean, you think about like 100 years from now, 200 years from now the amount of technological growth that has happened over the history of humankind has increased by almost 2000% on this very day. You know, our, our growth rate for technological improvement is such an exponential rate. This is some of the biggest, um, amount of tools that we've made since the industrial revolution. Yeah. I and mean, it's only, it's only been like since then, like a hundred, 200 years. 100. And it's only exponentially growing faster and faster and faster faster i mean ai is something that is going to uh i mean one word people could say is like revolutionize our lives but it's going to drastically change what the status quo is what is what is your thoughts as an artist uh with ai the first thing i have i guess personally in terms of like me creating my own artwork which i I've had just in general, like thinking about like photography and I, I'd say AI almost in a way with these artificial, um, pieces of artwork that are like you pop in a data prompt and then, you know, just spits out, uh, it could even be moving images, you know, it can be living images. It can be all sorts of stuff. I mean, pretty soon I, I won't be surprised when we have not, but it won't seem like a deep fake anymore. It'll just seem like you and I talking like this, Sure, but I mean, like recreating scenes of politics, recreating exactly recreating with anything, any you could painting, any imagery, any uh, that you realistic want to put into image a you want. But something that's fascinating about when you have certain prompts that you have to put in for AI to make artworks from is it's taking it from you know living people and artists of work that they made. So my goal originally with art was to make things that you don't see in the world around you that have yet to be created um that as far as we can get out into the cosmos it's just shit it's it's conceptually it's it's not been done mechanically yeah i mean you could go down the line i guess i would explain it It just hasn't been done it's new simple as that something to uh add to the collective consciousness i suppose you know and that hasn't changed with ai coming around so do you think that 
the implementation of AI and technology into the world of art, uh, which I personally believe art is um, the reason humans like it so much is because there's such a human touch. Do you think AI art will ever get to a point where it is no longer necessary for humans to create art? No, because I think that human beings find it necessary in themselves to create art. Otherwise, you know, they can't live or they can't live well. You know, that's a very important distinction between just being alive and then you're actually living or feeling like you're living. And um, I would say no. Like uh, technology can get as great as it wants. There, As people keep on fucking and making more people, there will eventually be somebody who wants to make something with their own hands. I think that speaks very true. Mm-hmm. I agree. Are there any thoughts or pieces of expression that you explore in a lot of your art? Any reoccurring themes or patterns that you've noticed in yourself? For instance, maybe it's a reflection of mental health. Maybe it's a reflection reflection of sexuality, spirituality, drugs, rock and roll. <laughs> well, I would just have to say yes to everything that you just listed and more. Um, in terms of like um, series that I've done... Or broad similarities I had this whole thing of like a fractal series I mean you could say that they are all fractal for sure uh, most definitely whether or not it's just like a portrait or an actual fractal image but um I did like a 40 series of people during COVID of images pulled online and then like a 30 series 25 series of pop culture stuff then a few series i've seen like cigarettes pop up as a motif in my artwork but um i guess people could say triangles as well lots of dashes lines dots um i think that repetition appears repetitiously in my artwork how do you feel when you see some of your art uh horny Horny, really honestly (laughs) really if you could shine a black light in here you would be amazed i don't want to see, I don't want to see that. <laughs> and who knows this, if i'm joking this chair's clean yeah or i'm lying or not it wouldn't be the chairs silly it would be the paintings the doy right who knows of course Only... jackson pollock as some might say oh yes most definitely Gosh. i mean that's what i call it <laughs> it's a signature move is to really know that the piece is mine but um besides that uh oh my god i i totally went off course in my jackson pollock bit i'm so embarrassed uh we were talking about yeah the art around me and everything how i feel about it (laughs) i mean it's an honest it's an honest answer really some people do and this isn't a topic i actually talk about a lot on the podcast and that is like the internal desire the sexuality uh and how people feel about the stuff they make not just yeah, from like a personal question level, but like a one more level. time. Like hit, hit me with that question one more time. How do you feel when you look at your art? How do I feel when I look at my art? Man. I mean, you can look at your art right now. Like it's 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 beside. <laughs> That's a very good point. But don't I don't I want go I don't want you to do anything. Gallery in my mind though. Okay, well, when I look at my art, I would say uh I guess it depends on which pieces. I'm looking at but for the most part, I think uh I guess there can be like pride and joy, but I think that there's like truth that i'm trying to go after as a feeling and something that's not just like not just like pretty or beautiful but something that is uh not from here something that you would find somewhere very 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 far away or something maybe that people hate 
that has the capacity to be hated or loved or you know mocked something that i guess the feeling is fucking feeling feelings back from it which is kind of a cop-out right but at the same time like isn't that it's like a mirror it's a mirror that's exactly exactly it i heard a i heard a quote um i don't know who quoted this but i think it was actually just a friend of mine back uh at college and he was he was making a drawing and he showed it to me and then he goes this doesn't look like me but when i draw this i see my soul yeah do you feel like your art is an expression or a reflection of your soul do you believe in a soul Mm. it's my art reflection of my soul Hmm. if you believe in a soul then the answer would be no i'm guessing but to believe in a soul like you have to think of like what a soul is right are we just talking about like what's like the essence of your being is that what we're going with for a soul yeah the you outside of the physical you gotcha okay so uh the you that's really true like uh, what would you call soul consciousness though a connection of consciousness i mean i'm a religious man I'm, i'm christian by faith but i so i i fundamentally believe that there is a soul that exists in the universe outside of what what would be called the meat suit that is my body my organs my bones well i i think it's funny because like there yes there uh, there is a distinction between like what the soul and consciousness but in some ways to me i just kind of think about it as like it's one of the same thing you know and it's you it's you it's a thing that is you talking about the soul of the universe you know that Con- the consciousness of the universe and everything universal consciousness or what have you but um i guess i would say uh yeah my my consciousness and my pain my soul i guess i can't say that i don't think i have a soul but i would say it's more like consciousness than anything because soul to me i'm like well doesn't consciousness also and in- entail like you know my feelings and everything too and it's not just like a thinking working mechanism it's I would say, yeah, consciousness is your soul, which means I believe in consciousness. <laughs> and that's your answer to that. And do I try to put my consciousness in my artwork and everything? Yep. Nice. Nice. Yeah, without doubt. You ready for the next segment? Hell yeah. This is going to be a variation on the last segment. I just wanted to improve it. Nice. So this is one word. And <laughs> I mean, it's a word before we leave. It's all word based. I'm going to say a word, you're going to say a word, and gotcha. we'll just go on until we've reached some epiphany. I got my word. I'm projecting it as hard as I can at you right now. But we're not going to talk at the same time, and we'll just go for like two minutes, see what happens. Security. Safety. Mother. Father. Brother. Sister. Music. Love. Movies. Fun. Food. Mindless. Books. Interesting. God. Hmm. Death. Hmm. Space. Yeah, baby. Escape. Of course. Ocean. Yummy. Prison. Hmm. Fire. Ooga ooga. Air. Existence. I'm doing it, brother. Tide. Pole. Sun. Heat. 
Moon. Fun. Exercise. Necessary. Breath. Vital. Nutrients. Enjoyable. Art. Mm, lovely. Painting. Sexy. Sex. Sexy. <laughs> Wood. Mm, hungry. Pasture. Cows. Farm. Farmer. Society. Destruction. Government. Mm, greater destruction. Business. <laughs> eh, a necessary form of evil. <laughs> Freedom. America! <laughs> Words. <laughs> Talking. Life. Existence. And there it is. One word. If you're a psychologist and you listen to this, take from that what you will. Send me an email, will you? <laughs> Analyze this, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure half the audience right now is hypercritically examining you. Uh, but we're inviting them to. I did a great job here today. There's, and you're you know, probably making someone feel good about themselves because they're not you. If somebody's very upset right now in whatever capacity. Like, this episode's disgusting. Disgusting. I if they call it if that. they feel, I actually I no, think no, no. this interview is going quite well. I, it's almost like it, it's it's such a compliment to like if somebody if somehow somebody like You're found evoking. me and reached out to me and they were like I fucking hated that. I listened to the whole thing. I'd be like, you listened to the whole thing. You hated it. What are you talking about? And they're like, why'd you listen? Why'd thing? you listen to the whole thing? If someone was like, I listened to the first five minutes and just turn it off, I'd be like, damn man. Maybe you should listen to the whole thing. <laughs> this is my least PG episode I've ever made. Most of it's quite family what would you friendly. Rate it? Like R X. You know what? I would say language I, based. Yeah, I toned myself down for you. Like, I for know sure. you did. This is like did. I work with. What this would man. you say? Like I, we've had 20%. crazy conversations. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready to dive into some of the final questions? Oh yeah, totally. Born ready. What do you wish someone told you as a kid mm. that no one ever actually told you? I wish I knew what I knew now when I was younger. Oh, young grand. Um. Hmm. I think I would have to go with. You know, consistency is the key to everything, and as long as you can keep consistent small growths, it. I mean, it, I guess simply trust the process, little bit by bit. Be the turtle. Because that rabbit, I mean, rabbits are sweet, but they shit everywhere. And a turtle, they live to be like oh, 200 years old, like max. Do you want to be somebody that shits everywhere? Or lives to be 200? Simple as that. I love the Aesop's Fables reference. <laughs> that was like one of my favorite books as a kid. Just like the <sighs> rabbit and the tortoise and the yeah, tortoise no, and the hare. Yeah, man. It's just like uh, the scorpion like and the toad. Old know? wise tale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What has some of the darker moments in your life brought out to now? Ooh, darker moments in my life. Is this when we start to talk about death? I know that you want to talk about death more, and I'm so down to talk about death. Hmm, the darker moments of my life. Oh, I lost a sibling, which was so hard. And that was when I was like 15. My dad died when I was like 
16. How'd they die, if you don't mind me asking? Um, one was a stillborn. Um, my dad, he like had a heart attack, but the details are sketchy on that. Almost like a suicide in a way, just the way he ended up living his life. Other sad things? I don't know. Like, you lose friends, you lose people. The going to the psych ward, um, twice was fucking hard and shitty. Uh, bad <laughs> relationships. Uh, just being let down by people. Uh, the hard things in life, I think it's, uh, the days that you can't get out of bed. That is fucking hard. If you cannot get out of bed, I I salute you. And should I say, uh, try to fish flop your body out of bed. At least just make it to the floor. Maybe yeah, it'll well, feel wait, worse. For someone that's maybe going through something terrible right now, what would you say to them? Um, I would say that I'm sorry. Uh, it really sucks. And... Probably not as bad as you are. I mean, I don't know you whatsoever, who I could be talking to. You, the saucy redhead with the green eyes, or you, the blonde German boy with the blue hair. But I don't know. It doesn't matter. I would say that the main thing is, is like, <laughs> it doesn't shake it off. Laugh like a maniac. Be a kook. Roll around in your bed. Start um pulling off, you know, seeing from like the classic exorcist. Really just be ration around don't hurt yourself mind you but really um you know it's like getting the nervousness out of you when you're a kid before doing like a school performance like you shake your body out and everything and um just gotta do something to snap your brain out of catatonia i think or just repetitive thoughts and something uh that exerts a lot of physical motion i think or is just gonna snap you out of your own head uh maybe cold shower but besides that if you're stuck in your bed and you're super depressed um, I would go with, you just gotta be weird, start making animal noises, all sorts of stuff, flapping your hands around, um, doing a chicken dance, just do things that like, they're absurd and maybe, maybe that will make you realize even depression is absurd and then you can laugh at something, which is a lot better than just not even going, mm, about it, but just now and listen very carefully to this. You hear that? There's nothing at all. There are no thoughts. You're in a snow blind of just sadness, awfulness, however you want to put it. And you need somebody to hit you in the face with a snowball or yourself, not a snowball with a rock in it, but something that's going to make you realize like the distance around you. It's not just a snow blind, so to speak. So I'm an avid practicer of meditation and one of my favorite meditation practices that I do, quick five minute meditation, is I like to imagine the expansion of the mind mm. i will put myself in a state of prosperity state of peace and then i will slowly imagine the size of my mind expanding outside of myself hmm. and it fills the room then it fills the apartment hmm. then it fills the block then it starts expanding outwards and outwards and you want to get to the point where you can have your mind touch the world and then touch the galaxy then touch the universe and understand how not just small we are physically compared to some of the largest carbon structures of space, like a star or a sun or a solar system. But it's also to show you that there is peace within the moment of existence that you can experience right now. Mm. And that's why meditation is somewhat all about the breath. Uh, 
because you can focus on one thing so deeply that when the passing thoughts come through the clouds of the mind, you can witness them, but not hold on to them. Also have like a, a shaky, I'm, I'm paraphrasing out my ass here, but, um, just remember something about like meditating for even like, yeah, like five or 10 minutes a day increases like gray matter on your brain, which it, as far as I can remember, recall, and don't exactly quote me on this, but what it's like, um, neuro conductivity. It, uh, it just allows your synapses to fire faster. But yeah, meditating, I think is a great way to achieve that. And that feeling. I mean, here Experience. with the podcast, we like to provide not just words of wisdom and advice, but also resources if we can. Uh, so seriously, if you are in a dark place and the thrashing around hasn't awoken a flame within you, hasn't relit the candle, so to speak, there are also other ways where Griffin might thrash. I might sit in yeah, silence. Yeah, I mean, I say thrash in such a way like... But it was like, it was an exciting, peaceful way you described it. I was sitting here and I just wanted to listen to you talk. About thrashing? I'm serious. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, wonderful. It, it was it was, it was was actually great. tremendous just being here in that moment. You know, I didn't, I wasn't worried about anything for some reason. There was a lot of peace. So I'll, I commend you for that. Oh, nice. And giving that to the people. Yeah, you become a, a little alligator slipping, sliding around in your bed like a little eel. Yeah. Um, you're going to feel some peace, at least for a moment. At least for a moment. So some Griffin, joy. <laughs> one more question, and then the final question. So Ooh, two more nice. questions. Okay, yeah. So I see on your wall behind you a structure of what could be considered a person with a sun around their head. Mm-hmm. And then the words, live fully, live wholly, act with love, mm-hmm. rise above. Hmm. He was a poet and didn't even know it, folks. <laughs> what is something you would say to the person that might not be living fully, wholly, and with love? Mm. And how can they rise above? I would say uh, take it with a grain of salt. It may have been super stone writing those. I believe that the uh, above up there has two U's, I think. It does. It does. Perfect. Well, uh, how can you live that way? And for the instance of how I said it, if I was stone, I guess smoke a joint. But besides that, um, focus on yourself, you know, have other people in your brain that are in the immediate vicinity of your life that they care for you and you care for them and you love them. Uh, really, you know, friends that you make become family and family in general, yada, yada. But the point is, is that like, yeah, how do you, uh, to put it in, uh, a much more J.C. Penny way, I want to say, but like, how do you live, laugh, love fully? Is J.C. Penny even the right one? Kroger's? I don't know, but um, I don't know, man. Like you, you find you, you have to work for it sometimes, and you have to let yourself enjoy things and uh, <laughs> fully uh, like immerse yourself in them. You fuck, you have to be present, and like it. There is something very annoying about cliches, but there are cliches for a reason at times and yeah the sentiment like live laugh love is great but you say that and you post it everywhere it's gonna make you want to puke like <laughs> or it just becomes satire at that point there's no actual uh, weight behind it but uh i would say you know do the things that you enjoy take a long hot bath if you live in the city make sure to drive out of the city once in a while It'll make you crazy if uh, you don't live in the city, try to drive to the city once in a while. They're pretty fun. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, 
Um, never hold your farts in. I think that's you know actually a core tenet to the the key pieces, the key scriptures that your beautiful host had just read. Don't hold your farts in. It's a huge metaphor for life. You just want to live your life that way of like making yourself have this pain. Let your farts out. That's nice. You know, I didn't expect it to go that way. I, I really like that. Yeah. Griffin Cats. Would you care to share a word before we leave? Mm. Yes. No, I'm just joking. That's not my word. <laughs> okay. So, uh, hey, uh, hey there, little bluebird. If you can hear me while you flutter by, uh, I'm trying to stay golden. I really am. Um, yeah, if that means anything. Uh, I guess I'm saying that to myself more than the little bird. Bye, little bird. Uh, the fact that you stopped by my windowsill at all was amazing. But that's not a word, is it? Uh, bluebird, fly on home. People of the world, bluebird, fly on home. Griffin Cats. Well, now I'm going to say some quick thank yous, and that is season one of A Word Before We Leave. This is Brett Gaffney and Griffin Stone Cats. Griffin Stone Cats. So here at A Word Before We Leave, first and foremost, I would like to thank you, the listener. You have joined me from the start, and we have grown as an audience and as a community through the episodes. I know it's only a monthly show. Uh, and I wish I had the resources to make it more of a weekly thing, but where I'm at right now, I don't. So I just want to thank you for continuously being patient with me and for joining me in these conversations. And now some more specific thank yous. I would like to thank Griffin Katz, Emily Shakai, Lizzie Bromley, Cole Sage, Miley Garcia, Jacob Harding, Sam Harding, Parker Ryle, Morgan McCoy, Ishan Parikh, and... Rick Alloway for assigning me to make a podcast episode at the end of college. Thank you for turning that one homework assignment into this, this community, these people. Uh, We may be small, we may be few, but we are mighty, we are strong, and we care about humans, and we care about people and living life to the fullest. We care about participating in existence and telling ourselves even when we feel like we're not at our best that it's not a bad life it's just a bad day thank you so much for joining me and maybe you too can scream like an animal today this has been brett gaffney thank you so much for joining us and we will see you again soon on season two of a word before we leave No, this is going to be fun because I don't have a door. Bang! But I, uh... Yeah, we'll just, Wait, what do you mean? Yeah, I'm sorry. What it doesn't about? always end until it ends, so... <laughs> this is the action of me slamming a door. <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate that. Is that...